0: So today, um, you know, I want to flow a little bit from what I shared a couple of weeks ago, uh, where I, you know, I talked about how, as a church, really believing to go after prayer and fasting through this month of August, Uh, and I talked a little bit about the things that we were believing through, so breakthrough in finances, breakthrough in healing, and breakthrough for our local community and stuff like that. And so today, you know, it's the last Sunday in August, there's still... I know another six days to go, but I really want to make today about really plugging in to God. You know, we we sang the song, Fall Afresh, and it says it's the power of His presence that changes us. And so this morning, once I'm finished, we're going to go back into a time of worship where we can actually just put everything else aside and say, Hey God, I'm here to worship you. What do you want to say to me? And so this morning is all about that. All about having that intimacy with God and putting Him first you know, making, making a space where we just go, you know what, we're going to come and worship. There might be distractions in our lives outside of this building, but we're not worrying about that today. All we're worrying about is worshiping God. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you love us. We thank you that you protect us and that you provide for us. And so this morning, I pray that you would just come and fall afresh on us. Let your Holy Spirit stir within us that your Holy Spirit fall afresh where in different areas of our life where we need. And as we come and worship you, Lord God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. Speak through me this morning and, and speak through the worship team when they get back up, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I kind of feel like this whole being hungry for for the Word of God or hungry to be in the presence of God. What does that look like? And I was kind of thinking about it. I'm like, what's, a, what's an interesting way of describing this? And the only thing that I could think of was because when I was writing it down, there was a moth in the room. And now I know Em doesn't like moths, so she's probably cringing me talking about moths. But you know what it's like. You flick on a light, and if there's a moth in the room, straight to the light. And I feel like we need to be like that with God, that when we're we're in that space, when we're making that space, let's be like a moth to the light. You know, this book is a light, Jesus is a light, all of that is a light, so let's be like moths to that light. And this morning I want to, you know, like I said, we're going to go back into worship and I want to create a space where we can be like moths to the light. You know, it's inherent in us to seek out comfort you know for a moth it's an internal need and that does whatever it takes to get to the to get to the light but for us it's inherent to seek out comfort to seek out safety and convenience to flee from conflict or hardship and often we choose the wrong thing or or place to make us feel better you know we've always got the access to our father we've also we've always got access to his presence to go to in those moments. But do we? And so today is all about drawing near to his presence, which is our power source, our comfort, our strength, our guidance. You know, we may not always want to. You know, the world often rejects us. We, we, we've all known the pain of rejection. And so sometimes it's like, oh, do I go to God? Do I, do I go to him? Is he going to reject me? Is he going to push me back? Am I good enough? God loves us we just got to come as we are to him and let him do what he wants to do. You know, we may have a sense of guilt or shame that we can't get past. God says, come as you are. We may feel unworthy or not good enough or that our need is only minor. God says, just come, child, come to me. And there's countless other reasons. His presence, though, church, is always with us. We've just got to make the choice to engage with Him. So I want us to be a church who hunger for the presence of God. A church who are focused on Him and allow Him to transform us to be more like Him. Amen? And it doesn't matter what's going on or where we are, we have this access and can draw near. So who wants to make a space and draw near this morning? You know, let me talk about why I think we should and then we will. So if you've got your Bibles, this will also be on the screen, but if you've got your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 9, verses 18 to 22. And it says, While he was saying this, a synagogue leader came and knelt before him, that being Jesus, and said, My daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her, and she will live. Jesus got up and went with him, and so did his disciples. Just then, a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, If I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. You know, I think about what a hassle this would have been for this woman. You know, for 12 years she'd had this, is, this issue and in that culture she would have been out, an, an outcast. She would have been ostracised, not part of the collective group. And there's this massive crowd of people. Jesus is going with a synagogue leader, so an important person going to, to raise this guy's daughter. And this woman just pushes through and pushes through and pushes through and goes, I just need to touch his cloak and I'll be healed. And for us sometimes we're so distracted by everything that it pushes us back and pushes us back and we're like, how how do we get through? How do we navigate this to get to Jesus? All we need to do is just be in his presence. Just make that space to be in his presence and watch what happens. I love verse 21. But if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed wasn't even about seeing him and and talking to him and him praying for her. It was, if I just touch his cloak, if I'm just in his presence, then I will be healed. In Luke chapter 8, Luke obviously being the, the doctor, puts all the info and all the details in. And so he, I love what it says in verses 45 and 46. And so Jesus says, who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. You know, and I imagine how hard that would have been for her as well you know, ostracized, unclean, and she falls at his feet and says, this is why I came to you. And I love the fact that Jesus didn't care that he was with some really important person. He was like, I know power's gone out of me. I know somebody's come to me for healing and stops and turns around and it's like, who touched me? Who is it? God wants us to reach out. He knows when we do, but he wants us to. He wants us to have that intimacy with him. And today is about drawing near to his presence. So we need to keep on doing that. You know, Jesus wanted the miracle to be known. That's why he's asking, who is it? Who touched me? Not only that, he stopped. I just think of the courage that she had. And sometimes for us, it feels really, really hard to take that step and go, God, I need your help. I just need you to be with me. But let's take courage from this woman and actually have the courage to say, you know what, God, I want to be in your presence. And he honored that. You know, the woman she saw, she, she wasn't content or happy with her physical reality. She wanted more than that. You know, like any of us, if we were ostracized from the rest of our people and and society, we'd want to belong. We'd want to be a part of it. So she wasn't confined to an issue of blood. So she positioned herself, pushed through the crowd, could have been rejected, but she positioned herself for an encounter with God. And he wants us to do the same. We need to position ourselves to meet with him and see what he wants to do, to push through our surface reality and step into our supernatural spiritual reality. He wants us to bring all the baggage with us. He doesn't care about that. He's got broad shoulders. He can carry it. He wants us to bring all the baggage. He's not afraid of mess. He's okay with tears, with laughter, with scars, with whatever the baggage is. He's okay with all of it because he loves us and he wants us to push through the crowd, the things of life that consume us and position ourselves to be transformed and guided by His Spirit. Amen? The power of His presence changes us, church. And there's another story, which will also be on screen, which is in Luke chapter 5. And this is one of, favorite, uh, one of my favorite stories. So it's Luke 5, verses 17 to 20. So one day Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They'd come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, "'Friend, your sins are forgiven.'" i love this story you know i did a little bit of a re- of research i was like i want to see what these houses would have been like and so a house back then they would have had a staircase built up the side of the building for them so that you could get onto the roof to do repairs but the roof was packed clay and then sheets of leaves and that sort of thing so they've had to move these sheets tap through the clay, and then lower their friend down after already lugging him up a flight of stairs to do that. So this wasn't an easy feat for what they did. But again, they positioned their friend, they positioned themselves to be in God's presence. And you know, he wasn't, he wasn't alone, he had his mates. And sometimes we need our family here. To actually encourage us and go, come on, I'm believing with you. I'm standing with you. I'm believing for you, and I'm going to stand with you through this. Sometimes we need the strength of those around us to help us get through it, and that's okay. So they had all these long queues. They're carrying their mate on a mat. Doesn't say how long they were carrying him for, but I can imagine this would have been heavy carrying their mate, couldn't get through, so they climb up the stairs onto the roof and then the guy walks out. And again, both of these instances aren't instances of Jesus laying hands and praying or anybody laying hands and praying. It's just simply them being in his presence and they find healing. We don't need to let a queue of people or a long list of tasks in our lives interrupt us from receiving what he wants to give us. You know, they did whatever they could to be in the presence of Jesus. So church, are we hungry for his presence? Are we hungry to be in his presence? It's not always easy, I know. You know, sometimes we don't feel as if we're good enough to approach him. Sometimes, you know, there's necessary things that, that keep us away from the presence. But where are we making space to capitalize and to make up for not being there? You know, sometimes it requires doing something outside of our comfort zone you know whether that's coming forward for prayer when the opportunity is put there or, or coming forward to worship or you know putting a hand up during worship sometimes just to engage with him and let go of the distractions we've got to do something that's outside of our comfort zone and for, for me that's solitude some of some of you have heard me talk like M went to color conference earlier this year was only gone for you know three days and i reckon in those three days the only time i was in my house was to sleep because i just can't deal with not having people around being an extrovert i'm like people 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 i need people but it's hard but sometimes i need to have that place of solitude to hear from god and to refresh myself And it's hard. But sometimes we need to make a sacrifice to connect with him. And we all find ways to make something that on the surface probably should be easy, very difficult. What we need to remember is that he died for all of us because he loves us. That hasn't changed. The fact that he loves us That doesn't change. The fact that he died for us doesn't change. The fact that he rose again, which gives us victory over death, doesn't change. It's just what we're thinking that changes from time to time. We no longer need to fear rejection from him or from anyone because we have received grace and reconciliation to our Heavenly Father. And we have received access to his presence through the Holy Spirit. So are we willing to accept his love and the gift of his presence and so then pursue intimacy with him and a hunger for his presence? Are we willing to be available to his guidance? Can I get the band to come up, please? I know I'm not alone here, but who who wants to see miracles? To see the supernatural transformation in our lives, in our city, in our community. Let's get hungry for his presence, church, and see the power of his presence transform us. So we want to make a space to engage with him and practice being in his presence. So I encourage you to position yourself to receive this morning, but not through prayer. You know, I picked a couple of stories where Jesus didn't lay hands on them. They weren't prayed for. They just went into his presence and received what they needed. So this morning, there won't be an altar call for people to lay hands on us because when we're in his presence, things change. When we engage with him, it doesn't take a a person at the front just laying hands on you and praying. The same Holy Spirit is within all of us. The same Holy Spirit ministers to all of us and it doesn't need somebody laying hands. It can simply just be in worship and saying, hey God, I'm here. I'm at, I want you to speak to me. What do you want to say? What do you want to do in my heart and in my soul and in my life? So we're going to go into this space of worship to position our hearts, our minds, our spirit on Him. He knows our heart. He knows where we are at and He meets us there. And he still speaks to us and ministers to us during worship because he is our object of worship. So God, we worship you. Let it be on earth as it is in heaven. So I encourage you, push through the fear, the unworthiness, the distractions, whatever it is. Let go of whatever is holding you back or going on in your life. and Just focus on him this morning. If that means staying seated, be seated. If that means you want to journal, then journal. If you want to pray or sing in tongues, go for it. If you want to come out the front and worship, then do that. Get out of your seats. If you want to dance, then dance. If you want to lie on the floor, do that. Whatever you need to do to be free of distractions and to engage with our Heavenly Father in worship this morning, you have full permission to do it. You have full permission to do that. Find your space to worship Him in your way. And let the power of his presence embrace, consume, and fill you. Let's position ourselves to hear from him. Let him do what he wants as we worship our king. So Father God, as we worship you, we just pray that you would move in our hearts, move in our spirits, move in our minds, that you would speak to us, that you would bring breakthrough and healing. You would bring whatever it is that we need to us. As we raise a hallelujah this morning, Lord God, just be with us.